Hey, everybody, this is Damon Johnson of Damon Johnson and the Get Ready and Thin Lizzy. You are listening to the Industry 45 show. Come on. He's bold, he's sexy, and he's a drummer. This is the Industry 45 podcast show with SCN. Uh, Industry 45 podcast show. Just a reminder, giantfm.com. You can check it out there. And every Saturday night, uh, my show... Rockin' Saturday nights, baby. 70s, 80s, and 90s at 7, 8, and 9. The Rockin' House Party, 10 to midnight. By the way, we do play some Brother Kane on the show. We definitely play Thin Lizzy. And I know, we play some Leonard Skinner. Go figure it. But uh, Damon Johnson on the phone. How you doing, man? Shane, I'm doing really well. It's always good to talk to you. How are my friends above the border in the great country of Canada? Well, where we're getting there, uh, we're not we're not as wide open as as America. I wish we were, but we've got live shows. We got things happening, so we're getting there, man. Like you know, things are happening slowly but surely. And you, my friend, are a busy man. You're always busy. But uh, your new single, let's talk about it. Talk yourself into anything. I got the video sent to me, and I love the production on it. I love the song. And tell me about the genesis of this song. Thank you, Shane. Talk yourself into anything is a line in my favorite movie of all time, which is Tombstone. You might remember Tombstone was the great depiction of Wyatt Earp and his brothers and their friend Doc Holliday and uh, Kurt Russell is Wyatt Earp and Val Kilmer plays a fantastic Doc Holliday. And there's just a scene early in the movie when they're getting reacquainted with each other and Doc has just arrived in the town of Tombstone and they're trying to convince Doc that they're doing the right thing to open this gambling casino. And Wyatt is trying to explain to him why it's such a good idea. And Doc simply says, man, that's what I love about you, Wyatt. You can talk yourself into anything. (laughs) And um, the previous evening, I had had dinner with an old friend of mine who was literally getting his third divorce, Shane. And I'm like, man, what happened? I thought this one was going to work. You know, I, <laughs> I thought this was the one. And he said, well, Damon, she's a victim and I'm a savior. That's a bad combination. Right. And Shane, I reached, I reached across the table and grabbed the napkin and I just wrote it down and I stuck it in my pocket. I looked at my buddy and I said, thank you. I, I, I'm going to use that. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's essentially half the lyrics to the songs right there. You know, the pre-chorus says, she was a victim, I'm a savior. Yeah. A bad combination. And uh, yeah, man, so I just think that concept of we, we talk ourselves into anything. You could be talking about a one-on-one relationship. You could be talking about the entire country of the United States right now, man. It's such a mess down here politically. Right. And people are literally talking themselves into anything they feel like they want to. And it's just chaos. It's crazy. Uh, I mentioned, I, I love the production and, and what you did with the, with the vocals and all that. So talk a little bit about that. Do you do the production on the song? No, man, my, one of my, I guess one of my closest friends ever since we moved here to Nashville back in 2013 is the highly decorated Grammy winning rock and roll badass Nick Raskulinix. And Nick, as you may know, Shane, produced uh, the last two Rush records. He's produced yeah. Alice Payne, he's won Grammys with the Foo Fighters, he's done Evanescence, Hailstorm, Mastodon, the list goes on and on. 
Well, Nick and I worked together the first time in 2015 when he produced what was the second Black Star Riders record. And it really was the beginning, literally, of a beautiful friendship. And uh, Nick's just been really supportive of my solo stuff and, you know, always asking me, hey, man, send me some writing or you working, you know, or what are you working on? So I had this batch of songs, man, for this album, Battle Lessons, and right. I felt great about him, and I knew that he would be the right guy. You know, if his schedule would could accommodate it, you know, I, I really wanted Nick to produce, so I'm so grateful that, that he was able, uh, you know, to free up some time, and then we could work on it together. What's been the feedback uh, that you've gotten on Battle Lessons? And we spoke about this, uh, you know, a while ago when you first came out with it because you did a bunch of live streams and stuff like that. So you happy with it now that it's been out for a while? Yeah, man, I, I couldn't be happier about it. Honestly, it's uh, it's crazy to think that I still, you know, what is this? It, it's it's almost, uh, well, it's almost the 1st of August. I mean, I still listen to the record myself, like for my own enjoyment. Like I would put on a, you know, my favorite Clutch album or, or an old Van Halen record. Like, it just gives me that energy. It's, uh, you know, there's a simplicity to the riffs. There was a lot of economy in the songwriting. Um, and that was kind of the goal from the outset. I just, I, I still, I've always loved listening to my favorite hard rock records. And I don't know that I've ever made an album that's this, I guess, dynamically heavy. You know, some of my fans have commented like, man, this is really a hard rock record. And I've always wanted to make one of those, man, and I, and I feel like I've done it. And, uh, you know, I, I know that we've set the bar really high, so we're going to have our hands full when it's time to uh, start writing songs with, for the next one. <laughs> I, think it's getting, I think it's getting about time to start that. So uh, we'll see, man. But I'm so happy with Battle Lessons, and uh, I just couldn't be... I couldn't be more pleased with the reaction and, and most importantly, how great the songs turned out. Are you guys playing some shows or will you be playing some shows coming up uh, to, to promote the album? We are saying um, we've got a smattering of dates uh, over August, September, and October. Not a ton of shows, but we have a big tour. The end of November, our good friends in the band Buck Cherry uh, we're going to be direct support to them in the United Kingdom. That's we're flying awesome. over to do about two, two and a half weeks with them over there. Uh, but yeah, man, the dates between now and then, we're headlining a couple of festivals. Um, you know, back in my home state of Alabama, uh, we've got a Blue Oyster Cult date coming up that we're doing. And um, a little bird told me today, man, that we might even have some dates opening for Leonard Skinner. Uh, which is very interesting considering that way back in 1993, Brother Kane did about 30 dates with Leonard Skinner uh, right when we released our debut album back then. So it's uh, it's pretty wild to feel like I've, I've kind of come full circle. Well, not only that, right? Yeah. And not only have you come full circle with that, but but you played with the freaking band like last week, Leonard Skinner. <laughs> and so let's talk about this because you knew this had to come up. So I understand, you know, that Gary can't be there, and and but how do you get the call to say, man, can you come play guitar with the premier classic rock band, maybe of all time? You know what, Shane? I mean, I was as excited as anyone else that's heard the news. Um, and it's really simple. I've been friends with Johnny Van Zandt and Ricky Medlock both 
uh, since that first Brother Chain record. Ironically, in 1993, Ricky Medlock was still in Blackfoot. So Brother Kane did two shows with Blackfoot in Texas just after we put that album out. And then just uh, a couple months after that is when we went on tour with Leonard Skinner. And then, of course, that's when I met Johnny for the first time. Um, so it's just kind of bizarre, man, that I would get a text message from Ricky and he said, hey, man, have you got time for a phone call? And I said, sure. And then he called me and, and he and Johnny both were on the phone. And, you know, they let me know about about Gary's health, uh, he had had a heart procedure and, you know, absolutely needed some time to recover. And, you know, man, Leonard Skinner is no different than every other band or, or musician out there, man. They, they've all been at home, not working right. for the last year and a half. And so, you know, thankfully here in the U.S., we've been able to roll out these vaccines and the concert business has started getting back some level of activity and they had a lot of shows booked and then you know they get about three shows into it and then poor Gary he has a significant health event and you know it would just complicate a lot of things to just start canceling dates again right so with Gary's blessing I mean it was his idea he you know Gary said hey man guys you know let's let's get somebody to come in and fill in and I'm gonna I'm gonna stay home get my strength back and I'll get back to it as soon as I can. So I've done, uh, I did two shows last week and as it stands right now, I'm scheduled to be with them uh, August 9th in Ohio and then the 10th in Michigan. And then we're kind of, you know, we just kind of go from there and sure. see how, how Gary's feeling. But no surprise to you, Shane, it is an honor. It's one of the great honors of my whole career. Uh, you know, not just to be asked, to you know, fill that position, but to actually do it, and uh, you know, the band has been incredible. Most importantly, the fans have been incredible. You know, and, um, that's a passionate group right there. You know, it's real easy to go, "Hey, right. who does this guy think he is? <laughs> what, is what the hell is he doing?" <laughs> so, um, you know, I just want to be really respectful, and you know, man, Gary Rossington's guitar playing was it was the soundtrack of my youth, literally. You right. know, ninth grade, tenth grade, eleventh grade, all my very first garage band, uh, there was no other band that we covered more songs of than, than Skinner, you know, and, uh, and that must've been so surreal to just to be standing there, you know, remembering your youth, but yet you're on stage with however many people were there those nights. And I'm sure there was a lot of them and, and, and playing these songs. And, and that, that, that's just an awesome story. And what's going on is anything. I mean, brother Kane is, is anything going on in that front or is that a dead deal right now? Well, listen, man, I mean, I'll never say never. I love those guys. We all keep in touch. You know, we've got a, we've got like a band, like we have like a group text, you know, and we all communicate and, um, you know, everybody's very busy doing other things. And, you know, the other challenge is everybody lives in different locations now. It's right. uh, it was a lot easier to, to get together when we all at least lived in the same state. Sure. And, uh, it, you know, it's just not that way anymore. But, um, yeah, I mean, I would never shoot down the idea of doing something with those guys. I would love to. No surprise to you, Shane. It's come up more in the last six months than it's ever come up because, you know, people have heard my new record. They see the activity. Right. And, 
you know, they make that connection. They go, oh, yeah, that's the guy from Brother Kane. I loved that band. I wonder what they're doing. So um, I always take it as a compliment when anybody asks. Absolutely. We, we get calls for Brother Kane. We, we play some Brother Kane music um, on, on Classic Rock Radio. Let me ask you this. Um, obviously, sad news in, in rock and roll with Dusty passing away. Were you a fan of, of ZZ Top? Were they an influence at all uh, for you when you were younger? Shane, monumental, massive, massive. Um, you know, Billy Gibbons' guitar playing, you know, for me, he's on that Mount Rushmore of, of all-time greats. And, you know, when we were kids, some of those songs were a little little challenging. They were a little too tricky to figure out. But much like Give Me Three Steps by Leonard Skinner or Taking Care of Business by the great Canadian band Bob and Turner Overdrive, we could play the chord progression to touch, you know. Yep. <laughs> and it's like two, two minutes 45 seconds of just great tech. <laughs> yeah. Just great Texas, Texas boogie rock. So, but yeah, man, as I, as I began to get better as a player, I did the deep dive on, and especially those early ZZ top records, uh, Trace Ombre's Rio Grande mud, uh, Tejas, all of that, man, just timeless classics. Right. Monumental loss yesterday, man. First, it was Dusty Hill. Well, it was it was about two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. I was doing the radio show, and I was talking about bands that were like there's because there's very few bands that have never had new, other new members in them. And I mean, I know that Frank was out of ZZ Top for a bit because he was ill for a bit, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But ZZ Top's always been the three of them. U two has been the same. But, you know, so there's very few of them. And I was so disappointed because uh, in Niagara Falls, Canada, ZZ Top was playing April 2020. I had passes. I had backstage passes. I've never seen that band live. And of course, the pandemic hit in the middle of March. I've never seen ZZ Top as an original three. And now I'm not going to. But uh, I was really disappointed because, man, they were such an influence on me as well. I, um, you know, I cherish the times that I've been able to see them. And I think you just described it perfectly. I mean, uh, I think especially because they are a trio, it's very much like Rush. You take you take one of those guys out, man. It's just it's just never ever ever going to be the same. Be the same. Right. And um, you know, man, especially the uh, you know the the early MTV era. I mean, those guys just they owned it. They they owned it. They yeah. totally owned it. That's the word I was looking for. They owned it and they took that platform and I don't I can't think of another artist short of maybe Madonna or Michael Jackson that did more to, you know, grow their thing. Some people would say their brand, right. you know, to uh, to such great effect as as he top did. So it's uh it's a tough one, man. I mean again, it's just the soundtrack of our youth. And, right. You know, it just, it's such a drag, man, because as we all know, man, uh, our heroes are all aging out and it's, uh, it's just a tough pill to swallow. Well, listen, man, you, you're doing a, a great job. I shared your video from, uh, that your opening night with Skinner. I think you put your first song up on your 
Facebook or someone did anyway, and then I I had shared yeah, that. So that, yeah. that that was awesome, and con- congratulations on that. And, and it's awesome you're going to be touring. Love to see Brother Kane. Uh, so if that happens and you come to Canada, I am there, brother. And you've got a great new song. Uh, talk yourself into anything. We'll play it as well. So I do appreciate you're always awesome to talk to. And uh, congratulations on on some great great work and best of luck as we progress through this pandemic and hopefully get to more live uh, music out there. Shane, you're the best, man. It's always good to talk to you. I really value your uh, your enthusiasm, buddy. Thank you, and uh, can't wait to get up there to the to the Great White North. Uh, so many great rock and roll fans up there. So uh, I hope I see you soon, brother. All right, man. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate your time. Okay, my friend. <laughs> the Industry Forty Five Show.